and welcome to another edition of the Throwing Bagels podcast. Jason Hamo here alongside Kevin Mooney. Kevin, how you doing? Hi, Jason. I am great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Chris Daglas, unfortunately, is refing soccer and he cannot make it today. He's refing in the sectionals of the, uh, I guess, the state tournament, I believe, in Syracuse. So unfortunately, he can't make with us. But we have another great guest today, uh, the head coach of the men's basketball team at SUNY Oswego, uh, Coach Jason Leone. Coach, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate this. This is an honor. We had you uh, back in March right after you guys had a great season going all the way to the Elite Eight in the in the uh, tournament, uh, ending the season at number five. It's great to see that you guys are starting the season off strong so far. Yeah, we're, uh, we just had our first scrimmage actually yesterday, and uh, it was good to get uh, out on the court and playing against an, an opponent other than ourselves every day in practice. One of the challenging things about this time of year, especially with a veteran team, is you, know, you fall into a trap of just really looking forward to the games. And you know, I think practice can sometimes become a monotonous task for for an older group. You know, they're veteran, and they really are looking forward to the results portion of our season. And as a coach, you've got to warn the players sometimes that you know, it's there, there, there is a process that goes with things that lead to results. Uh, so we've got to make sure that we, um, you know, have our habit forming structure, uh, that practice provides us with and, uh, do a good job in, in our daily prep. So, so when it does come time to play for real, you know, a week from Friday, we're, we're ready to do so in a good fashion. What kind of habits are you trying to reinforce during, during this time of the year? It's a great question. I think, I think just the actual fundamentals um, that we find valuable. Obviously, there's a ton of fundamentals in any sport, but I think as a coach, one of the things that you've got to be leery of is picking out a lot of different things to try to get your team good at in really what is a short amount of time. I think identifying three to five things that you want the players to get really good at mm. and emphasizing the heck out of those things. I, I really think coaching in its simplest form uh, boils down to that. So, um, so that's really what we're trying to do is, is pick out, you know, three to five things that we really want to hammer home here going into the season and really work on those things. And uh, of course, like any good program, you have your core values on offense and defense that you want the players to execute and, um, you know, the longer you're coaching, the longer you're at a place, uh, you're able to communicate those. And, you know, you, you now I've coached a lot of different teams and uh, a lot of senior classes here. So that baton gets passed from senior class to senior class and gets communicated uh, to um, younger players in the program. And, and although the way we get there might change from time to time based on personnel and strengths, um, the core values uh, that our program stand for uh, in terms of from a tactical approach, those things pretty much stay the same. Mm. Well, we did want to talk about the, the players coming back and, and what the roster looks like uh, sure. this year. We'll talk about that in just a second, but we did want to uh, chat about the D3hoops.com national preseason poll was just released a few days yep. ago from the time yep. we're talking right now. Uh, Oswego checks in at number six in the country. What, what was your reaction to that news? Uh, uh, so 
I'm not somebody that deflects um, with the rankings. I think it's something that, that you have to embrace it. Um, I could, you know, I could speak in cliches and tell you it really doesn't matter. It, it does matter. Um, I think it's a great thing for the people that really genuinely follow our program and take a genuine interest, obviously for the players, our fans, our alums, you know, when you receive any type of recognition on D3 hoops or at a, on a national stage, that's a very positive thing. It's, 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 it's not always that you get ranked and you have to worry and be uptight that the players aren't going to handle it. Well, I think the more times you get ranked and the more times you receive recognition, unfortunately, or fortunately, the less, you know, kind of surprise co- that comes with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think based on how our team has performed over the 12, 13 years I've been here, you know, every time you make the NCAA tournament, every time you make a deeper run, every time you get ranked, every time you have guys that get recognized after the season, you know, it, it, it kind of becomes an expectation and it's not something that you have to hide behind. Uh, worry, you don't always have to worry about complacency. Um, it goes without saying, you know, the, in terms of anything that regards the preseason, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Um, I think our players have a, a pretty good sense of that stuff. Um, and But I think it's a great, great thing um, that our program is being recognized um, in, in that way. So I don't know much about, you know, the other teams. Our level doesn't get publicized, so I don't know who has what coming in with recruits, and I don't know if those rankings are accurate. Um, I know for us, we're probably ranked because we made, you know, we've won 55 games the last two years. We returned the majority of our team. Um, so you're going to receive that type of recognition going into the year. So right now I watched a scrimmage yesterday. I can tell you we don't look like the sixth best team in the country. Um, we pro- we don't even look like a top 25 team to me. Um, so um, I'm not at all worried about anything or you know, I, we've got a long way to go in the season. And, and again, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. And um, so speaking of a, a deep team, right, you have 11 players returning from last year's team. Um, Jeremiah Sparks is, I would say, the leader of this team, most likely at this point. He's the leading scorer, first team all-conference guard last year. Um, with with this being a veteran team, do you, per, do you like, look to pursue a, like a deep tournament run? Is it something that's in your mind as far as, you know, this is our goal? Because, you know, with a young team, you're like, anything we do is gravy to, to a certain point if they're really young, but since it's so veteran, like how does that impact what your thought process is as far as like how far you guys go this year? Well, we want to try to make a deep run anytime we make the tournament. I, I don't think whether the team is veteran or young, that changes, you know, my mindset at all. Uh, I would wager to say it doesn't change the team's mindset. Um, the one thing that's unique to this particular group is, this group has been this core group of guys has been together for three or four years now. So, you know, it's kind of like, I liken it to like the, the Michael Jordan, the Chicago bulls, that documentary, the last dance. So, um, although we're going to return some really good players next year as well, but this core group of guys, you mentioned Jeremiah, uh, Jamal Achille, Julian Crittenden, we've got guys that have paid money to come back and get graduate degrees. Um, you know, obviously they wanted to forward their ed- education, but, also, I think if they weren't having a great basketball experience, they probably wouldn't have come back to do that. So um, they're here doing this because they love this particular group of guys. Uh, so obviously it's a little bit more meaningful when you have 
a group of guys that you've really grown close close to and they've been just i mean look it's not like we don't have our problems but this group um has been just an incredible joy to coach i've had so much fun with this group and this is a group that went through covid right so the way they've handled so many different things it's it's truly going to be unforgettable and you just don't want it to end but it's going to that's part of sports so yeah going into this year there's there's probably some added thought to you know trying to do the very best we can um not just because we have a good team but because of um how many moments that this particular core group of guys has shared together over five and six years with this roster again being you know a veteran laden roster nearly everyone on this team is from new york you don't you don't have many players coming from outside of outside of new york um you know i guess it's different from you could say like hockey like where they get a bunch of players they get a lot of players coming from yep. you know, different areas um but you have four from new york city several from central new york um, how strong is the talent pool in New York? Do you do you ever look outside of New York, or is it you, is it strictly you kind of strictly look in New York? We look everywhere for players. Um, obviously, you know, in Division Three, you have most places have different types of challenges, right? Like one of our challenges is, you know, mm-hmm. I I would love to go other places to look for players, but you know, the reality is it costs money the further away that you go from campus to look for players, right? So, you know, um, it, it, it is a more efficient method for us to make sure that we do really well in areas that are closer to our campus. Um, and clearly, we've had some national level success with pretty much our whole roster on all these teams the years I've been here. Almost everybody's been from New York. So hmm. clearly, we're, you know, that, that part of it would lend you to believe that there's enough players in a five hour radius in the state of New York for us to be highly competitive. So um, to say it's by design, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not like if I had access to a kid that was from another state, I mean, Cartier Bowman is from New Jersey. Um, you know, he's been a starter for us for two years. He's an all league caliber player. Um, you know, we had Jordan Brown a couple of years ago that was from North Carolina. His father was from, Chittenango you're close to campus but he grew up in North Carolina uh, you know so it's not we had a unique connection there that allowed us to get involved with with that particular player so bottom line um, we don't relegate ourselves to recruiting you know just a certain profile of student athlete but we've got to also be very effective and efficient based on what our recruiting budget is and the time that we have to to, to get to places to make sure that we do a good job evaluating players and evaluating their character. And I saw that you have a few, you know, a few new, new players coming on the roster this year. Where, where do these new guys fit in? Are they mostly, are they mostly freshmen? Is it a uh, few, any transfers in there? So we have two freshmen and three transfers. Um, it just worked out that way. Obviously we, we haven't graduated a lot of guys the last couple of years. So, um, so it's, um, you know, we've had to be very, very, um, you know, you want to make sure you look at your roster every year and make sure when you bring in a four-year player, kids don't like to sit, you know, too long. And right now, based on, I know, like, we're going to play a lot of veteran guys. So 
the freshmen we bring in, we got to make sure they have the right personality where they are uh, committed and understand a process oriented approach to getting on the court for us. Probably not going to play a ton given that I've got eight guys that are over 22 years old. It's a very atypical roster for us. The three transfers that we brought in are guys that we feel like could really um, be impactful and fill. Um, you know, look, as a coach, you, you evaluate once you lose your last game every year. Okay, what are some holes or potential weaknesses that our team has? A freshman is probably not going to come in and have as impactful a nature on our program right now, given who we have coming back. So we utilize transfers because they're, you know, they've played college basketball before. They're probably a little bigger and stronger, um, probably mentally and physically have dealt with the day-to-day college responsibilities, not just on the but off the court. So, um, so we do have three transfers that have come in and, um, we, it's, we expect, you know, them to have, you know, a little bit more impact than maybe what a freshman would have. So you start the season next week, um, with the max deal tournament. Do you, do you ever, do you play any exhibition games against other teams or is it strictly like interest squad? So we have two scrimmages against other division three schools, um, we scrimmaged University of Rochester yesterday at, mm-hmm. at our place, and then we go to St. John Fisher this Thursday. We've tr- I try every year to try to get a Division One game, um, you know, to try to raise some money for our program and obviously give our players an opportunity to play against somebody that's, you know, maybe a little bit bigger and stronger than us. But obviously, sometimes the facilities and the game day experience is obviously a lot different at Division One. Uh, than it is at our level, and but it's very difficult for us to get those games, which is a, a, a really a big compliment for our program. Um, we try every year to get those games. Um, you know, head coaches will look up, you know, our record and success we've had, and you know, it's very risky for them to pay us a guarantee check and then have us go there. And if they, you know, get if we play them close, they don't want to sweat those games out at all. You know, so. I think it's a little bit more. I can tell you, if I was a coach at that level, like I wouldn't want to play somebody where we hand them a ten thousand dollar guarantee check to come and play us, and I don't want to sweat out a win, you know. So, um, and that's not to say that I would anticipate beating one of these teams, but also I think on the right day, if a team took us lightly, we made a few threes. I know our guys would be really up for the game to try to prove themselves, and. Um, you know, it's 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 just harder to get those games. I'd love to have an exhibition where we throw the uniforms on and all that, but those games are not easy to get. Hey, Pace University just beat St. John's the other day, so, you know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And St. John's, I read an article about the game. They, You know, they're missing like three or four key players. They sat them out the game as an exhibition, you know. Pace goes in there. They were a team that was in the NCAA tournament in Division Two last year. They have an older team. You go in, you know. Um, St. John's maybe is, I didn't see too much about it but maybe we're playing some younger guys obviously Coach Patino's new there implementing a new system new new expectations Pace goes in there they play their very best and those things I mean you read about those games every year right so um, so it's 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 certainly um, you know a, 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 a it's a risky proposition when you're division one you got to make sure you play the right people yeah, I think Lemoyne did it, beat Syracuse once also, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Lemoyne, you know, not to – I mean, I love Lemoyne College. I grew up around the school. Like, 
they didn't even make the NCAA tournament that year. And Syracuse, if you'll remember correctly, they made the they made the Final Four. Right. So the year that they lost to Lemoyne. So and Lemoyne didn't even make the NCAA tournament in Division Two. So those, it's 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 a lot of fun for the smaller schools to get a chance to play against somebody that's at that level. But typically the the lower level schools are going to play with that extra chip on their shoulder to prove something, right? Yeah. And sometimes the Division Ones they just don't know enough about it and. You know, Division One, the dynamic of it right now is you're—they play a lot more of the younger guys at that level than what we have to at our level. You know, we still mm-hmm. are coaching guys that are like tr- the traditional Division One teams, where we have fourth and fifth. And right now, I got two six-year seniors on my team, so um, those those are dangerous games. So you guys are going to the D three Hoops Classic in Vegas at the end of the year, and is this the first time you've ever been there? to play in this tournament and how did how does this how does that come about and you got to get invited to it is it a strictly an invite tournament no it's not an invite tournament so basically one of the major you know outlets media outlets for our levels d3hoops.com and they have this tournament that they run through um a travel agency um out in las vegas and it's not invite only but they will reach out to certain schools so they have quote unquote some featured opponents and featured schools out there because what's nice about this tournament for us is for four straight days we're going to get some really strong coverage on the best national Mm -hmm. stage media outlet and d3hoops.com so their main staff will be out there covering the tournament the games will be broadcast uh, live stream there with their um you know the people that really run that site they'll be calling the games and Mm -hmm that's going to be great for our program, you know? So it wasn't a strict, strict invite, but they have been calling us for, you know, five, six years saying, Hey, would you have any interest in coming out here and playing and nudging us in that direction? And this year in particular, I thought we would have a very competitive team and we'd have an older team. And, you know, this tournament is a, and we had to raise a lot of money to go to it. You know, it's, it's not easy to travel all the way out to Vegas and, Obviously, the hotels, the travel, the meals, like all that stuff is going to be expensive. But I wanted to do something extra special with this particular group of guys because typically we try to take a trip like this out of region every four years. Well, this this group of guys missed out because of COVID. And then even the first year back after COVID, I wasn't fully comfortable putting a deposit down on a trip when we still were dealing with, you know, restrictions that were you know, a little bit more stringent in different areas of the country. Flying was still very iffy. So we waited a couple more years than we normally would. And I just said, you know, these guys have been through so much. And we got a good group and a group that I trust. And I wanted to play against the very best teams we could possibly play in Division Three on a national stage. So that's that was the genesis of the trip. And um, it's going to be a great experience. I mean, Case Western Reserve, like us, has been a team that's been in the tournament the last two years. I think preseason they're ranked. 13th in the country um and pomona pitzer was in the tournament last year um they have a really good program they're perennially a 20 win ncaa tournament caliber team so we're gonna play two really really good teams on a neutral floor and we get to go to vegas like the guys some of our guys you know they come and they play division three and i've got some guys that have never been on an airplane before so mm-hmm. yes the basketball part of this is going to be great but part of the charm of division three is you have an opportunity as a steward of the program to put our players in um, a great position to 
do something that maybe they might not ever have a chance to do again or see a part of the country that they've never been to. And they're doing it together with some of their very best friends. So yes, the basketball is important, but there's just as many other um, important aspects of this trip that are non-basketball related that I wanted to share with this particular group. How strict is that curfew going to be? <laughs> I know that's like the big, the big question, right? <laughs> so I look at, I trust these guys. And, and here's the thing, like when we go out there, our guys will be really locked in and know there'll be a, like, I'll give them some space to do some stuff. Um, I like the way our schedule is. So we fly out the 27th. We play the last game on the 28th at 11 o'clock Eastern. So it'll be eight o'clock out there. And the South point arena is right in our hotel. Um, so we don't have to travel anywhere. It's like really convenient. So we'll get out there, you know, from what talking to people that have played in this tournament, you know, you'll deal with a little bit of jet lag, right? So we'll give the guys the proper rest that we have to play the game. Then we have a day in between games, so we'll have a short practice on the 29th, and then we play in the afternoon on the 30th at um, 3 o'clock local time. Um, so once that game's over around 5, then we're going to give the guys an opportunity to kind of go out and do what they want to do. And we'll still have a curfew, but um, we fly out the next day at a very reasonable time. I think it's like 11 o'clock local time in the morning. So, And it'll get us back here by – 6 30 local time so i can get home and spend new year's eve with my kids and my wife most importantly so but she's going on the trip so she's oh nice. she's excited oh, so i don't think my wife's ever been to vegas so there you go she's perfectly excited she's great i get to go to vegas this is great i think she's more excited that i'll be working the whole time so she doesn't right. have to hang out with me you know so my brothers <laughs> my brothers and sisters are going so she'll be able to go out and hang out with them and do what the heck they're doing and then she'll just you know, she'll ask me to stop working for a few minutes and have a beer with her or something. So we'll, see. we'll see how that goes after the games are <laughs> all, after the games are over. We'll we'll be able to hang out a little bit. Nice, Coach. You've spoken about um, the importance of uh, fiscal responsibility. Got to mind you count every penny when it comes to recruiting. When it comes to traveling for tournaments, uh, and I'm just curious, like how much funding do you receive from SUNY Oswego versus what you have to raise and where do you raise funds from? What is the source of the funds that you're raising? So we have a very competitive operating budget um, mm -hmm. for the men's basketball program. Um, I wouldn't tell you that it's, you know, without getting into numbers, I wouldn't say we're the very top of division three. I wouldn't, we're not at the very bottom. We clearly have enough resources to compete at a high level. You know, we have to be a little bit more, efficient and smart about how we spend the money that we have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not in a place like, you know, a Williams or an Amherst that has, you know, billion dollar endowments and, you know, alums who are giving hundreds of thousand dollars a year, but our alums have been very, very um, generous to our program. Um, it's not just our alums. We have friends of the program that follow our, our, our team and, um, we wouldn't be able to do many of the things that we do without their contributions. So mm -hmm. it's really a great, it's been great for me to watch the growth of our program. Um, our, our college has really been very supportive of the success that we've had. Um, and you, it truly is a team effort. So, you know, you watch the team improve and, 
start to have higher expectations every year, which I like. Um, and the college gets, has gotten behind that. Um, and the people that follow our program additionally have gotten behind that. And um, I like it because basically I think we've taken an already really strong program when I got here and we've brought it to another level. And there's been some things that, you know, hopefully the college has given us to help us be successful. But in turn, mm -hmm. when we have been successful, they've done things for us to support our program um, so we can play at the very highest level of division three. So it really has been a relationship that has been beneficial for everybody, in my opinion. So, um, so I'm very thankful for everything the college has done to support our program. And mm -hmm. additionally, I'm, I'm thankful for what our alums and, and friends have done to make a trip like this possible. Uh, it's not easy for not just basketball, for any of our sports. I mean, think about baseball and softball and our spring sport teams that, that travel, um, you know, down south during spring break. And they have to do these trips every year. Like, I, yeah. I have to do this, not have to, but I like to try to do this once every four years. Um, so look at Oswego State's, it's, it's been, it's, it, I can't say enough good things about the things that they've done for us. Going back to the, the roster, um, and let's talk about the coaching staff. So there's a new addition to your staff in uh, assistant yep. coach, Brendan Fitzpatrick, who yep. spent a couple of years as an assistant at SUNY Cortland. Uh, what, what does he bring to Oswego? So Brendan was a really good player, um, in our conference. He was an all conference player and he's got a, obviously a couple of years of experience at a, mm -hmm. at a successful division three program. The head coach of Cortland, who's a very close friend of mine, uh, just retired after last season, Tom Spanbauer. In the interim, while they were looking for his replacement, um, Brendan and I have maintained a really good relationship. Uh, one of his closest friends was a captain for me uh, on one of our Sweet 16 teams, Alan Derudovic. Um, actually, a great story about how Brendan and I got connected was Brendan was strongly considering um, – coming to Oswego and at that point I had one of my older teams and I didn't I kind of misevaluated his talent level I didn't know if he was quite good enough uh, to play for us and I had to have one of those tough conversations where I said you know you can come but I can't promise you a spot on the team and Cortland recruited him a little harder than we did and he went there and he ended up having uh, you know, a great career there where he was an all-conference player his senior year. And it's just one of those guys that was was he an incredible player going in their Hall of Fame? No, but he was a, a great connector of people and a, a great leader. Um, so I kind of screwed up that evaluation, and I, I've always told him that. And we've stayed in touch. Um, him and I are a great team together. Um, you know, there's certain things that I'm not as strong at. Uh, that he's that he has brought to the table and enhanced our program with. Um, and he's certainly a guy that really connects well with younger people. And that's really important for a head coach, yeah. especially now that I'm I'm pushing 50 years old. You know, I get older and the kids stay the same age. So I think it's really important that you identify things that maybe you don't do as well and try to get comprise your staff of people that can compliment you very well, you know, and I've been thankful because I have a guy like Bill Farden who's been by my side the whole time. So he provides that veteran uh, presence for us. And obviously Brendan and Jake um, are, are my two younger guys that really 
um, do a great job connecting with players and working with them on the days when I'm teaching or out recruiting or breaking down mm -hmm. film. They're the ones behind the scenes in the gym, getting these guys better. Uh, Jake Pritchard was an Oswego grad and he joined, he joined your staff as a yep. student. Yeah. Right. So he was a student assistant for four years <clears throat> for me and started at the very lowest level and worked his way up. And um, Jake's career goals, he's now a phys ed teacher um, in the Marcellus school district. And he wants to be a head high school coach and I, he will be, um, he's going to, yeah. I'll be shocked if he doesn't have his own program um, after this season. Um, he probably could have gotten a job this year. He just didn't want to miss out on this particular year with these group of guys that he helped recruit and coach. And, uh, yeah. but I think he'll be ready to have his own program after this year. So. And you, you also mentioned Bill Farden, who was a longtime basketball coach at Oswego high school uh, yep. and then joined the SUNY Oswego staff a couple of decades ago. So certainly yeah. a lot of experience there. Yeah. I can't imagine coaching at Oswego without Bill. He's, He's by rock and, you know, it's, he's just, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't even know where to begin with him. I just, uh, the guy's got his basketball acumen is off the charts. And as a person, he's just, you're not going to find a better person uh, than coach. He's just, uh, he's one of the most unselfish people I've ever met in my life. Coach, a couple of weeks ago, um, you dropped the puck at an exhibition game for, for, uh, <laughs> for Oswego State against Alvernia. What what was it like to receive that kind of recognition? You know, to for them to to ask you to to drop the puck at center ice. It was awesome. I mean, I you know, I uh, well, Ed Gosick and I are very close friends. Um, I really have appreciated his mentorship over the years. Um, you know, Ed, I think is the all time winningest coach in the sport of hockey in Division Three in the history of the sport, and. When I got to Oswego, just I was so impressed given his resume and the success he had with the humility that he exhibits. And um, I just appreciate his friendship. And so when I was asked to do this, um, ironically, Ed was at his son's wedding. So he wasn't even at the game that I <laughs> dropped the puck at. So. Uh, but his assistant, John Whitelaw, was a great player when I first got to Oswego and was, I think, the national player of the year in Division Three, and mm. played in a couple final national championship games uh, while yep. during his four years. Uh, so it was nice to see him get a, a win. I'll be at an exhibition, but I'm glad he won the game. And listen, when whenever you get asked to do something like that, um, it's a big deal. And... Uh, to have on parents weekend, we had a great crowd at the game and to be recognized. Certainly I'm incredibly humbled by it, but it was, um, you know, I enjoyed doing it and uh, it's, it's truly is a product of all the team um, accolades that we've achieved uh, during the last, uh, you know, 13 years. So uh, it was certainly a proud moment. We, we did sp speak with uh coach Gozik on our last podcast episode. Um, and he actually mentioned, uh, he talked about how Geneseo and Brockport will be leaving the SUNYAC yep. and joining the empire eight. Now that also has an impact on men's and women's basketball as they were both basketball yep. uh, SUNYAC members as well. So how does that change or what do you make of these changes and will the dust be settling anytime soon? Um, so your first question, I, you know, I'm disappointed that they're leaving. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, 
look at it as somebody that grew up in Syracuse and in upstate New York and now has coached in the league for a long time. Um, there's a unique part about the SUNYAC um, where you have these rivalries yeah. for a long, long time, you know, and then, you know, it's further evidence that things change. Right. And, um, you know, regardless of what the reasons are, it's disappointing to see them go um, because now things that you're used to doing and rivalries that were so meaningful, they're not going to be the same. And in some cases they may, you might not play those teams anymore. So it's a pretty significant deal. Um, obviously we've added two additional schools to our schedule. Um, we haven't played either of them much, but obviously we're going to start playing them. Um, and obviously they're, they'll be welcome additions. Um, but the, the landscape of our league certainly will be different. You know, um, the schools that we're adding, they are, they were schools when I first got into coaching that were two-year institutions. So um, they're not as experienced as four-year institutions as Genesee or Brockport. So it doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just going to be different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, being a traditionalist, um, it'll be a hard change. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you move forward and things are what they are. I mean, these these decisions get made way above my level. So I don't – I usually exhibit the thought process of, like, I don't worry about things that happen above my level, you know. Mm-hmm. So we just – you know, they'll be – they'll hand me a schedule. We'll be there on time. And we'll be ready to play. And we're going to try and win every game that we, we show up to, you know. So – but uh, obviously it'll be different and a little disappointing that the, 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 the league is changing, um, you know, uh, you know, but we'll be fine. You were at the, the hockey game. So the hockey rink, they used to play in round the golden roundy field house, which is way off campus. And now yep. they're right there. Smack dab in the middle. Uh, the basketball team and the athletics administration is housed up in Laker hall. Um, sure. Have there been, has the speaker held any discussions over possibly moving basketball to, to Murano or perhaps somewhere else on central campus? Not that I've, I mean, I, you, know, you hear people talk that it would be nice, but no, mm-hmm. um, I haven't heard anything serious about that. Um, certainly not in Murano. Um, that's a, an exceptionally big project to handle. Like you have to have, portable baskets you have to change it like changing from the ice to a a portable floor that's a pretty significant changeover when the sports play in the same season you know um i I, sorry coach i I actually didn't even think about that about putting them in the rink i was thinking more like tacking on a court to another thing yeah 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 i'm sorry but yeah i you know look at i those again, that would be a decision that's made above yeah. my head. I love where we play personally. Okay. I, the, the, the thing from a basketball coach's eyes that I always tell people is like, I think we have the best facility in our league in terms of practice space. So mm-hmm. if you were to come and watch a practice of ours, we don't use partitions in our gym. Like, I've got three full courts with six baskets, and from a functionality perspective the amount of repetitions our guys can get with their individual skill development is exponentially greater than if we played in a smaller facility. 
that might look more fan friendly, might be more convenient for kids to go to the game or parents. But, and then we have the additional auxiliary gym right off our main gym that provides us with an area that if there's a volleyball match or a women's basketball game, we still have a, a very a regulation facility where we can practice and we don't have to wait till nine or 10 o'clock at night after something's over to practice. So I really like, not to mention, we do a lot with camps and community engagement. Right. So just the, the, from a functionality perspective, this facility space we have over there, I know the outside of the building looks really old, but just in terms of the things that I would enjoy doing with our program and the opportunities our players have to get better in that space, we might get something that's the same, but we're not going to improve what we have. Um, you know, are, are there certain things you'd like to see done with that facility? It's very difficult to work without air conditioning during the summer in there. <laughs> I always joke about that. Um, I love to see that, but there's, you know, there's certain things that go along with that. That's that's one of my pet peeves. I think our locker rooms could use some upgrading. But, you know, from a basketball perspective, we have everything and much more than what anybody else at our level has. Like, I really like our facility. And when we play games in postseason there, we pull oh, out yeah. the bleachers on both sides and we have – it is a very difficult place to play. So, um, so I'm – you're probably asking the wrong guy. I, lo- I, I love where we play. I, I would never want to leave. No, you're look. The atmosphere was very much similar at Romney, and you don't ha- quite have that in the new arena. So the Zeal Gymnasium, right? In playoffs, the fans are packed on the bleachers. It is a wholly different atmosphere that than it would be if you moved into some kind of antiseptic, you know, uh, new arena. So yeah, yeah. And we're, you got to remember, basketball and hockey play a lot of times at the same time, and, and we're yeah. we embrace the fact that you know it, we're we're not there's going to be certain fans there's a tradition in in ice hockey that is different from men's basketball and you know there's at some level there's going to be people that are you know Oswego is still it's a, it's a hockey community so you're going to have there's a traditional part of their fan base that is not the same for men's basketball um and I we understand that we embrace that that's not an issue um so I don't think you know, people that say, well, people, more people might go to the games if it's closer to the dorms. I'm not entirely sure I agree with that. I think if you're good, people are going to come and watch you play. That's been proven um, Yeah. with some of the success we've had. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced proximity to the dormitories is going to change people coming to our games. You know, I, I really am not convinced of that. I, I, I've always enjoyed and thought the crowds we've gotten at our games have been very, very good. And Laker Hall, I don't believe, is like relatively speaking that old, right? I think it's a little over twenty-five years old. So I mean, it's older, but it's not super old, right? I know it was there when we when we went there. And are you you're asking me? Well, I'm I'm generally speaking, but I I don't remember it's how old. old it is. It's old. It's old. Is it's it, old. It was, yeah, it's real old. It's real. Sixties, sixties, right? Nineteen sixties. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was built. I thought it was built in like the. I don't have the number, but it's it's old. It's oh, old. I thought for some reason I thought it was built in like the like the early late eighties, early nineties. No, I don't know why. No, 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 earlier than that. So, so they used no. to have some a little Stand historical corrected. perspective. <laughs> yeah, a little historical perspective. This is crazy. You might be surprised about this, but men's the men's and women's athletic departments were separated a long time ago at SUNY Oswego. So, 
Um, I think the men's sports were housed at Laker and the women's sports were actually housed at Lee Hall or yeah, vice versa yeah, or vice versa. Um, so just for a little historical perspective, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy, but um, look at it. There's some really good things about our facility. And obviously there's things that that will eventually be upgraded. I think there were things that were on the docket that were supposed to be upgraded before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, obviously every college has taken um, some financial strife from that. Right. Um, enrollment was down everywhere. So, you know, it's part of running a colleges or businesses, right? Like there's, there's things that happen and you have to pivot and you have to be patient. And um, we've done some great things. I mean, our school's completely committed to athletics. I mean, we've, since I've been here, we've transformed Romney into an indoor tr- uh, practice facility for our outdoor sports. And when I first got to Oswego, our, our outdoor sports were still practicing in the main gym. Um, and then they turfed that and put a track into Romney. And now our outdoor sports practice there. Nobody practices in our gym, you know. Um, obviously, the turf stadium is new, you know. So those were two pretty significant financial commitments from the college um, to upgrade athletic facilities, you know, and much needed, you know, much needed. It might actually, in the in the grand scheme of things, upgrading, you know, Laker versus you know hypothetically moving someplace different on the cam- on you know on the main main area of the campus may actually be more beneficial. Yeah, I mean, look at I, there's we have I think twenty four or twenty eight sports something like that, and like I'm talking from a basketball coach's perspective. Like I love because I've got two gyms. We've renovated our weight room. Our main gym, I've got three full courts. If 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 they were to build a new facility, I I would be shocked if we had four full courts in a new facility. You know, so we would probably downgrade in space from a basketball perspective. But again, it's men's basketball and women's basketball are not the only sports that we have to think about. So um, look at whatever were to happen down the road. I mean. You know, ultimately, every college facility, you get a new facility. I mean, maybe this will happen 50 years from now, you know, when I'm dead and gone. But, like, you know, my point is, is, like, you know, right now, I, I really enjoy the place right. that we that we work in. 1968, by the way, according to the Oswego website. Yeah. Uh, Laker Hall built in 1968. So, so what's that? that one? That's 32 plus 23. <laughs> Math, no, 55, 55 years. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, that's right. There you go, 55 yeah. years. So, I, I know we we kind of asked, I believe we asked you a similar question in March when you were on, but I kind of want to pose it again, see if anything has changed. We, you just you mentioned, you mentioned a few minutes ago, Asuigo has always been a hockey school, it always has that, you know, the the, the fan, the main. The, you know these yeah. specific fans that show up to, to the hockey games yep. have you seen a larger fan the, a larger amount of fans showing up to basketball games more recently um is has, is there um a more buzz right now for the for the team knowing how good you guys have been recently and what your guys coming in this season yeah yeah i mean winning always produces more fan i mean it's like you can work as hard as you want. And I value people that have these jobs with like fan engagement and 
you could do all that stuff, right? But the two things that I've watched over you know over 25 years in higher ed and in athletics, you know, if you have a really nice facility, um, people are going to come to games because of that. Uh, and if the team wins, you know, teams people are going to come. You know, so you know, yes, I've noticed increased um, support of our team, uh, excitement is probably a better word uh, around our program. Uh, the other thing is I think once when you have a coach that's been there a long period period of time, you now I've been here 13 years. I've met a lot of people in the community and, you know, pe- more people have followed our team. Obviously I'm a central New York guy mm-hmm. that probably plays a role in, in people coming to watch the team. Um, I'm starting to get to a point now where I'm a little older. So I've got a lot of alums that have played directly for me. Those guys are getting married, have families. They come back to games, all those things play a role. Right. But yeah, I, I think, um, I certainly have noticed. I mean, I know this year we're going to selling season tickets again, which we hadn't done in a few years. Um, I'm assuming the college is doing that because people at some level are asking for those or they're noticing an increased number of people buying tickets to games and increased attendance. So um, the way our gym is set up, like it holds 3000 people. So we're not, our gym will always look empty because it holds so many people, but just in terms of having regulars at the games, yes, I, mm-hmm. I, I certainly noticed that. And, um, you know, you, you've got a product where if the team is competing at a national level. People are going to, there's going to be more buzz. Coach, you mentioned you grew up in the central New York area. Uh, one of our most recent podcast guests was uh, News Channel 9 sports director, Stephen Fonte, who mentioned that he goes back away with you. So, so how far, yes. how far back do you two go? Oh, we were, we're very close. So we grew up, we went to uh, Catholic school together at St. Anne's and we played in a youth program um, the Hamil- at the Hamilton Street Boys Club. And our fathers uh, coached our youth basketball teams together growing up. So Steve and I were very close. Um, I used to go to his house. He'd come to my house. My uncle, my uncle John used to be the head coach at Lafayette College in the Patriot League. And uh, Steve's dad, my dad would drive us down to basketball camp there for an overnight camp every summer. And they'd coach at the camp and they would coach our teams. And, um, Steve and I always wanted to be, when I looked at SUNY Oswego, I, I thought I wanted to be a, a sports journalist like Steve was. And I kind of changed gears and didn't want to do that anymore. Um, but Steve went to Ithaca and he always stayed with it. He knew from a very young age, he wanted to be a sportscaster and, it's been great to watch him um, do all the great things with his career. And now that I'm coaching and our team has had success, he's, there's been numerous times he's had me on his show, which is an honor because Steve's a lot more notorious than I am in his profession, you know? So um, it's been great that he's given a division three coach, the coverage that he's given our program over the years. And I, I appreciate that, but yeah, we go way back. So I'm really thankful that we have the relationship that we do although we don't talk as much as we did when we were kids mm-hmm. and you know we do connect three four times a year and usually it's you know he'll we'll have a big win he'll reach out to me or i'll see that he's doing something great with his career and i'll text him and, and like i said he's had me on his show a few times that no that's great the both of you in in your own ways have have really elevated have really helped to elevate basketball in, in the central new york area so that that's that's a great story 
It is great. Yeah, it is great because he's, you know, it's, it is a challenge at our level, especially at Oswego. We're kind of in no man's land where like, it's hard during the season because Syracuse basketball is such a big deal Um, for us, especially given our success What a lot of people don't know is during the 13 years that we've been here, we are the second winningest program in New York state division one, two or three. Um, And you know, it doesn't mean like I'm the biggest Syracuse basketball fan there is. So, but it's, it, it is challenging to get some of the notoriety that I'd love to get for our program because it's not a big market. Um, so the way we've combated that is obviously I've, you, know, you make some inroads and start to meet some people and form good relationships with them. And then they keep an eye on your program and, um, you know, and then, you know, obviously Steve and I go way back. So, there'll never be a point where he ignores what we're doing up here. And once one of the news channels gets you on and listens, then it starts to snowball a little bit. And yeah. I've seen, you know, especially in the last three years, the, the amount of coverage that we've gotten has been significantly greater. Have you had multiple requests from the other stations as well? Have they really covered you guys more, a lot more recently, you know, with the, with, with all the success? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been that, I mean, there's been, you know, obviously there's been a couple times, so there's been a couple of things professionally that have happened. Like, you know, I've, I've had a few job offers here and there over the last, you know, four or five years, given our success and, you know, the, the, the media catches wind of those things. And, um, and then once they see that the team is doing well and, and sometimes like a coach, you know, is, has a, has a really good record, then, you know, people start to take notice. It's no different than what you would think it would be, you know, and that's, that's helped us to gain some notoriety for our program. You know, um, the other thing is like, I, I worked for the guy, Tobin Anderson, um, who was the coach at FDU. They beat Purdue. Him yeah. and I are best, him and I are best friends. So when he made his run last year for a two week period, my phone was ringing off the hook with national media wanting to ask me questions. Cause they were doing articles on him, you know, and his, how did you guys know each other? And, you know, uh, that all the, the local media people got wind that we coached together at Clarkson because of a Facebook post I made. And then people were asking me to be on the thing to talk about him because they might not have been able, he was so busy, they couldn't get a hold of him. So it was, you know, that snowball effect, you know. Um, so I look at, I've enjoyed it because it's helped us get more, more notoriety for our program, which is only a positive thing for SUNY Oswego, for our athletics department obviously for recruiting for us um all that stuff goes into it oh, well uh, coach oh sorry again Good. well i was just gonna say you know keep recruiting the staten islanders because we're good hard-working people <laughs> there's no question there's no question i like i told you the yeah. the, the proof is in the pudding right like i've right. got we've got two guys from st peter's on the team now one of actually ironically you asked me this question one of my former captains uh from St. Peter's, another one of the guys, um, Javier Farabee, he's going to be up on campus um, this weekend with his girlfriend. And he just texted me this afternoon. So you're going to be in the office around 12 or one Monday or Friday. I, I want to stop by and introduce you to my girlfriend. So I'm going to see him and um, fiercely loyal. The people, the Staten Islanders, fiercely loyal. That's my favorite part about them. Have you strictly, have you, have you strictly uh, recruited at, at St. Peter's for the most part, or have have you had more m- well, any other? We have great relationship there, but no, not strictly St. Peter's. We we actually have a, a kid from Staten Island we're recruiting this year that's from another high school. So, um, but uh, but the majority have been St. Peter's. Well, Coach, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. 
good luck this season. Thanks, guys. It was great to talk to you again. That was Coach Jason Leone of Oswego State Men's Basketball. Another great interview, Kevin. He, uh, you know, we spoke to him in March um, at the end of the season. Right after the season ended, we spoke to him today. And, you know, not, nothing but the best for, for him and his, and his team. I think, you know, he's done such a good job since he's taken over this program that it's amazing what, what he's what he's done with this with this program. I think the bar is is really high uh, for and, and and rightfully so. So with success right. comes pressure. And this team, as as coach Leon mentioned, is a veteran team. Um some six-year players even because of COVID. I mean, they had their academic eligibility extended a bit, so they're they're back. And they could have chosen to go elsewhere, but they came back because of right. the k- kind of program that that exists at Oswego. So I think at this point, we're, the expectation is they're going to make another NCAA tournament run uh, to, to cap this season off, and it'll be exciting to see where they wind up. You never say, you never want to put, put expectations out there, you know, too high, but, you know, it, it would be it would be you know very hard to see them not mm-hmm. continue what they did and try to build on what they did last year you know mm-hmm. and at this point i mean you got to go to at least the elite eight if not if not better now right <laughs> i know the the bar is high yeah. <laughs> so. I, I i was thinking i was thinking when we were talking to coach you know because he was saying like how you know he's which i i don't believe he's at the later stages of, of his career like he said he's only 47 years old but, you know, he continues like this, you know, at this pace, you know, for however many years he intends to coach. I feel bad for whoever takes over for him at some point in time with this legacy that he may leave, you know, I mean, at Oswego. Right. Uh, very big shoes to fill. But hopefully Coach Leon is with us for many, many, many more years. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he's not much older than we are. So exactly. That, that was when I said when he said when he said I'm 47, I'm like, wait a second. Like. <laughs> We basically were in college at the same time. Yeah, basically. So there's there's still plenty of plenty of life left in in the career. So I don't... yeah, exactly. But it's great to to hear the the relationship that coach has with with Staten Island, and you know we it is the the overlooked borough, right, Jason? I mean, uh, you and course. I know that very yep. well. Grew up there. Went to school at Oswego and then, well, we grew up basically 15 minutes away from each other and we never met until Oswego. Like, right. Different high schools. Different high right up and down the line. Although I I was either going to go to Tottenville or go to Staten Island Tech and I went with Staten Island Tech. If I had gone to Tottenville, who knows? We may have yeah. crossed paths back then. Exactly. Yes, the, the pizza... Maybe maybe underrated if you're trying to compare it to Brooklyn or Manhattan or something like that. But I, it's fantastic pizza all by itself. Uh, so yeah, uh, and bagels. Like, listen, yeah, I every time I go down to see my parents, they still live on Staten Island, so I got to come back with the, at least a half a dozen bagels <laughs> because you just can't get them up here. No, not the, it's never <laughs> the same thing. Not even remotely close. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he his his uh explanation of uh why he loves Staten Island I mean can't can't disagree with him the Italian food is is top notch it's a it's a great place you know and I'm glad that I grew up there and if I had to move back there I don't know if I would no I wouldn't move back there <laughs> but I, uh, I moved out yeah. and I'm not going back yeah but it was, it was a great place to grow up when I was a kid yes, exactly um, but that was again great interview 
from coach mm-hmm. uh chris we missed you again we'll, yep. we'll, we'll talk to you again we'll talk to you in our next in our next podcast um but you can catch us on on facebook on instagram um we have a uh email address throwingbagelspodcast.com at gmail.com um so you can hit us up there if you like um or you could just check out our website at throwingbagels.com and you know you can leave any messages there if you'd like but uh take a listen to to the podcast whether it's there whether it's at any other uh streaming platform as well mm-hmm. uh kevin uh, this was great. I do, I do want to give a plug. Thanks to uh, my wife, Allison, for writing the latest blog about her 30th year as a fan of Oswego State Laker hockey. So that's a great, if you haven't checked it out, throwingbagels.com. Uh, on our next podcast, we are scheduled to speak with Binghamton Rumble Ponies play-by-play broadcaster Jacob Wilkins, who, as we speak, uh, it's a Monday night, uh, he is covering the, he's doing play-by-play for the World Series for the MLB Network in india so he's broadcasting to that audience there uh definitely want to talk to him about what it's like to broadcast to that audience and like does he have to do baseball 101 or, or like what's the approach so looking forward to talking to him about that about the rumble ponies a lot of great trades being made to bolster the Mets farm system so what's that going to look like for next year so a lot of great things to talk about with jacob uh on our next episode yeah i look forward to speaking with him that's going to be uh a fantastic episode right i think so uh well that that's it from here uh so please uh join us on our next podcast and check out our blog which is coming up next week my turn so i'm gonna blog for for the upcoming one and we'll see you later take care